The content on this channel is for educational and informational purposes only. Nothing we say or do should be considered advice. No tax, legal, accounting, investment, or any other kind of advice. Anything you invest in is at your own risk. Do your own research and consult with professionals. Welcome back, everybody. This is Pantera's show. We don't really have a, an official name for it yet, but we're live here to give you all the inside information on Terra, on Cosmos, and on everything that's going on out there, whether it's in the macro environment, the micro environment, every environment out there that could affect your wealth, your investments, and your crypto portfolio. 4.30 Thursdays. Thank you for rocking and rolling with us. We already have a couple people in the chat. want to give them a big shout out. We are going to try and get to comments. I'm excited for today's show because Terra, you know, it was all about stable coins and it turns out in Luna V2, Terra V2, whatever you want to call it, there's a new, a new stable coin has emerged. Return of the stable coin is the title of today's episode. Uh, before we dive into that though, I do want to talk a little bit of macro news, which is very exciting for some of us here. Uh, student loans have been canceled. Student loans have been canceled everybody. And, um, Steph, Real quick, do you have student loans? Were you excited about this news? Oh, I was very excited. How much How much student loans do you have, if you want to tell the people out there, if you're not too embarrassed? Little under 30K. Little under 30. So did you yeah. get 10, 10K slash off of it? Yes. 10K slash off of it. Uh, my personal take on this, and I tweeted this out earlier today about student loans, is um, happy, happy for guys like Steph, happy for everyone out there that got some debt uh, written off because first of all, the college tuition is just insane. The, the price. Uh, so I feel good about it. I paid off my student loans like years ago. Uh, don't care if I get any money from it. Not, not even really concerned about it. Not worried about that. And I feel good about it. I do, however, have a kind of a problem with the fact that, you know, this is just another step that we take in the direction of colleges being able to raise tuition. Uh, you know, it's like a triangle, of people with colleges. There's the college, there's the the federal government, which acts as a bank and gives just loans out with impunity. Uh, and then there's the student. And usually the student's the one that gets screwed over because anybody can go to college regardless of, you know, whether they should be there or not, what, regardless of whether they can afford it, regardless of whether it's a good idea and they're studying something that could be of value in the future. And so, well, the government's just going to write you a loan and uh, you have to pay it, right? They'll garnish your wages. Uh, you can't file bankruptcy and get rid of that debt. And so colleges now are able to then raise their tuition to whatever rate they want. Um, so, you know, I don't love that part of it, but I'm happy for you, Steph. And I'm happy for all the people out there that, you know, got a $10,000 bonus in their pocket this week. Um, I will say, you know, a lot of people upset about like, you know, potential money printing. We're already so far into that. I mean, it's all funny money at this point anyway. And uh, yeah, let's... Uh, News related to U.S. only. Let's go, global gents. We are going to get into global stuff, but first, I want to talk about the funny money because I have a we have a get rich quick scheme here, and that's what we're all about on the show: get rich quick schemes and this whole debt thing, uh, repaying people's student loan debts. It made me think of an idea in my big brain that barely fits in my head. The reason my head's so big is because of my huge brain. And we have an exclusive for everybody watching the show. This is Pantera's get rich quick scheme. So take notes. It's a three-step, very quick, simple solution that's going to put a bunch of money in your pocket. Let's, let's hit it real quick, Steph. Step one, start a business that sells things to the federal government. Now, I'm going to use an example here. Um, let's talk about rockets because the U.S. government and the federal government 
We love rockets. I mean, we fire them every day at countries in the Middle East. Like nobody even cares. You're just sitting here. You're on Twitter. You see a headline. Hey, they canceled my student loan debt. I got $10,000. I mean, we did like blow up a, you know, a church and a wedding in Syria. And yesterday we shot another rocket at Iran. But who cares? You know, if I sell rockets, if you can sell rockets, there's a market for that. So step one, sell things to the government. Steph, what's step two here? It's a very quick way to get rich. Promise high-paying board of directors or C-suite level jobs to government officials. Seems easy enough, right? So let's take Pantera's rocket company. I, uh, I run a company. We'll call it Pantheon, which is similar to another company that rhymes with Hatheon, but starts with an R. Or, uh, or yeah, Lockheed Martin, something like that. I'm going to then, instead of like, you know, worrying about internal HR and all those policies, I'm just going to hire people out of the government. Why would I do that? Well, it's very simple because once they are done with their government, you know, official position where they can choose where our tax money goes, then they can get a huge paycheck from me. And, uh, you know, that's that's basically the circular uh, get rich quick scheme we have here. And then step three, it's just a three step process. Super quick. Sell your morality to the masses, not your merit. So you got to get the media. You got to get everyone behind this. This is a moral thing. You need to buy more rockets. You need to buy more defense. We need more defense spending for this country. We need to spend as much money as we possibly can on Pantheon's rockets so that we can launch them at you know innocent people around the world because uh, it's a get-rich-quick scheme for, for me. Now, that was a very quick example. That was all hypothetical. Um, do with that what you will. It's, it's yours. It's yours to have. I'm not here to patent that uh, get-rich-quick scheme, and it's quick. It's super quick and easy, and apparently... Uh, a lot of people in our government have have done just that. So I'm just following what the elites have done to to make a bunch of money in this country. Um, so anyway, let's get into the real business here. Um, appreciate everybody rocking and rolling with us on this Thursday at 4.30 as we are always live. Um, some interesting leaks that we found. And I actually want to give a big shout out to somebody in the Terabytes official uh, Discord, not Discord, uh, Telegram channel. This is from BlockBits. And uh, I want to give him a shout out. He actually posted something very interesting. And if we could bring up a screen share here, Steph, I would appreciate it. This is a job posting. Let me zoom in here, make it a little bit easier for people to read. This is a job posting from Terraform Labs, if you're familiar with that company. It's a remote position for someone in the United States, although I don't know if maybe this is actually a global thing. Interesting that it's posted from the U.S., uh, they're looking for a creative director and art producer. Now, that doesn't mean really much. Uh, that could be anything, right? That could be just someone like making Twitter graphics. But if you dive into what they're actually looking for, this is actually kind of interesting. The very first thing they list here in the About You section is they're looking for someone that has experience in game development. They actually say experience in game development is ideal. Portfolio demonstrating strong proficiency as an expert level concept artist. Yeah, whatever the hell that means. Um, but it's very interesting here. Big pluses experience with customer or I'm sorry, with character customization pipelines, prop vehicle modding, modding, modeling and or environment creation, a strong sense of stylization. And of course, you know, any relevant experience in the Web3 world. Um, this is interesting. This is something that, you know, it seems like maybe Terraform Labs starting to put a little bit of weight, a little bit of their resources into some sort of gaming thing, you know, I, I don't know necessarily what this is. It's hard to, to deduce exactly what this is. Um, but 
it's interesting. Expert knowledge and understanding of things like Unity, Unreal Engine, I mean, other gaming toolkits, they're not hiding the fact that this could potentially be someone uh, coming in to basically help them with game design. And, you know, we've seen from the previous leaks, you can take the screen share off, Steph. We've seen from previous leaks that, um, you know, it seems like sort of the new direction for Terraform Labs and some of those secret projects that I went in and hacked into their mainframe to gather uh, were things that were for sort of like the next generation of NFTs. And so for us to see that they're hiring somebody to kind of be that maybe less technical, but more on the art side for like gaming characters, gaming vehicles, gaming modeling, um, there could be some marriage there between NFTs and between, um, you know, the, what, what we have here in the, in the gaming world. If they hire this, if they hire what I think will be a stellar new position at Terraform Labs. Steph, do we have any good comments to read while I take a sip of ranch water? We do by VKent8. He said, games, crypto, NFTs, <laughs> groundbreaking. Groundbreaking indeed. Groundbreaking indeed. Um, yeah, former star Tarek goes same gaming way. Uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if star Terra is necessarily a good. Uh, is that good or bad? I don't know how people feel about star Terra nowadays. The drama of star Terra is so far in the past. Uh, but I thought that was an interesting thing that was uh, came across my radar. Big shout out to Block Bits, and of course, you can always join the uh, Terabytes Telegram if you're trying to figure out more information on what's going on out there in the Terra world. The big news, of course, is stable coins. You know the reason we preach so much before the crash. Sorry, was because decentralized economies need decentralized money, or whatever the saying was. Um, Obviously, UST was a brilliant failure of that, but it was a valiant attempt, in my opinion, and something that's still very much felt in the community. We talked last week about how privacy is now illegal and how, uh, you know, tornado cash and all this fun stuff with censorship in the Circle blockchain, uh, Tether, of course, which nobody knows, you know, who they are, what what kind of backing they have, and nobody knows anything, uh, which might be the strategy, honestly, is don't be as public about your backing as UST was. but. Um, we have a, 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 this is actually more insider info I'm giving you, uh, not like in a legal sense. I mean, like I'm an insider and somebody sent me this message. Uh, Steph, can you bring up the next, here we go. You might've heard of the project Catapult. Uh, that's like Catapult, but with a P, um, this is Daniel over at Catapult. Maybe not happy that I'm sharing this, but listen, I do it for you guys. I do it for the fans that watch the show. I'm not doing it for the builders. Okay. I don't care about them. I'm here to put the pressure on them and make them do what we want here every Thursday at 4.30. So if you comment something you want, I'm going to basically spin the narrative and pressure the builders to build what we want. Daniel says, hi, guys. It's time for Capapult to present our project. Thank God, finally. After the crash, we lost the project that was crucial for Capapult, UST. Of course, you know, so many things in the ecosystem were built on UST. We then decided to refocus and build a stable coin that we can trust. And it's cash tag solid, S-O-L-I-D, is generated by depositing interest earning collateral assets on Capapult. Uh, so hashtag, or I'm sorry, cash tag C-A-P-A governance token holders are able to decide the future of Capapult. So I would imagine uh, if, you, if you're holding Capa, then you are going to vote on kind of what this um, deposit interest earning collateral would be. There will be no ICO, only airdrops of cash tag Kappa. To Luna stakers. So if you're interested in getting in on what happens with this stablecoin and having some sort of uh, 
gover governatorial is that a word i don't know power in sort of which assets are going to back the stable coin then you should stake luna uh of course i'm sure you could buy some capital in the open market as well uh we aim to make capital as decentralized as possible we are three months away from release give or take a month so let's give them a month steph where does that put us in the world of of the calendar and the timeline if you could do some quick math with that college degree that you paid so much money for think that'd be right around December, right around December, right around New Year's. Uh, we might be looking at basically, I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to call it UST 2.0. I know some people at, when I put out this, I said, uh, return to the stable coins. I said, wait a minute, is it UST 2.0? I said, no, 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 hold on. Everybody slow down. That's we don't want to talk. We don't want to call it that. This is um, this is whatever Capapult's version is solid, um, which which might be pretty solid. I like the name. I think the name is solid. Um, we're three months away from release, give or take a month. We're working hard to make this right. Terra needs a new stable coin and we are up for the task. We would love to hear your thoughts and comments. Remove that from the screen, please, Steph, so people can see my beautiful mug. Um, so here's my initial thought, two initial thoughts. And, uh, I don't want to discourage anyone that's building stable coins are tough right now. Uh, in fact, even the most trusted stable coins like USDC and tether, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, people were starting to not even starting to. I mean, once UST depegged, we saw Tether depeg slightly, not as you know, mirac like not as drastically as um, as as UST did. Sorry, sometimes I read comments while I'm talking and I get distracted. Um, so the thing about stablecoins is, is it's really all about the narrative, at least algorithmic stablecoins. It seems to me this isn't going to be an algorithmic stablecoin. But rather, and I'm totally ad-libbing this, I don't know. I haven't spoken to the Capapult team. I see somebody in the um, comments here, ICS or LCS says, no, I'm sorry, wrong one. Um, Aaron Zitra says, okay, but how will it work? Here's how it works in my mind, and I don't know. I don't work for them. So maybe they can leave a comment or uh, I can update you next week if they reach out to me. If it's backed by, um, what, what's the word? like the, the collateral is interest bearing assets. I would imagine it's very similar to like a die model. Um, although Ethereum is not an interest burning an interest earning asset. Um, you would have to use like the Lido version of Ethereum. So it, it'd basically be like taking a Luna X, which is earning interest and, or even Luna staked Luna. Um, and it's earning some sort of interest. And with that, you are, you're backing that and you are minting this solid stable coin. That's my so my first thought on this is stable coins tough tough time for stable coins right now they're not getting the most love out there in the world I think a lot of people have kind of just surrendered and waved the white flag and been like shit let's just go with tether or circle or whatever like uh, centralized digital currency the government's going to hand us because at this point we can't figure out a way to do it in a decentralized way that would actually mean you know freedom for us because uh, you know it's 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 cooler to dunk on a whole community on Twitter if you're like Eric Wall on Twitter, like, you know, who cares about freedom? It's sick to just like dunk on Terra and all the lunatics. So that's my first take is it's not, it's not, I mean, it's a, it's you're, you're, it's brave. It's brave to go down this path. Um, but I commend the Capitol team. And I honestly hope this works out. My second thought on this is everything that was built in the Terra Luna community, in the ecosystem, all of the projects that people really love to use, um, anchor, um, Astroport, even just moving funds around, paying gas, was based on a stablecoin, was based on UST, was based on the ability to basically tap into um, 
the U.S. dollar, which is still the global reserve currency, even though you know we love to you know freak out and talk shit on how much they're printing for for us to pay off stu- uh, Steph's big student loans over there, but um, it was very it was very nice UX, and it was very nice to see some of the primitives that were built on top of it because so many things from the you know traditional finance world and so many things, and, and you know this is, goes for all of crypto and the and basically. Um, this is the reason why there's a necessity for a stable coin is once you have sort of that USD fixed currency, you can build like a lot of really nice primitives. You can build options, you can build futures, you can, you know, you can trade in and out of, um, you know, riskier positions. And the whole Terra ecosystem was kind of revolved around that. So it does seem like there were, um, it does seem like if solid comes out, there might be some primitives built on top of it. I don't know. I'm just speculating here. I don't know how it works. I don't know if it's going to be popular. I'm just giving you guys the information that I know because I live to serve you, the the community here, and everybody that's watching the show. Steph, do we have any more good comments here while I take another sip of my ranch water, the original flavor? Yes, one by Jimmy Lee. He said, remember the days when the browser had so many tabs you couldn't read the title? Sad face. I do remember those days, and I think those days will be back, actually. We're starting to get a lot of, uh, I don't know, we're starting to get a lot of um, projects that are coming out of the woodwork. A lot of these people that received emergency funding have been working really hard behind the scenes. And I think TFL, I know TFL is working very hard behind the scenes. Little birdies tweet into my ear tweet, 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 tweet. And they tell me things. And sometimes I'm not allowed to share those things. So, and sometimes I break the rules and share things, but the more I break the rules and share things, the less things get shared with me. So it's this catch 22 on my end. You know, sometimes it's like, I want to tell you so bad. I want to tell you so bad, but then my source might stop tweet, 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 tweet in my ear. And I can't uh, do it anymore. Go back to chat real, real quick stuff. There was another comment. Maybe I wanted to talk about, Oh, ape depto TV, big fan of the show. OG lunatics. No, it's not exciting until the actual native Terra stable coin comes from Mr. Doe Knwando. I don't know who Mr. Doe Knwando is, but um, I, I hate to break it to you. I have heard no tweedly deedly deets in my ear about the potential of a stable coin coming out of Terraform Labs. So I don't know. Maybe there is something really super secret and my hacking prowess hasn't been able to get into like their really secure server. But I haven't heard much about it. So we're going to see what happens here with Solid. If I do hear something about UST, trust me, I'll go live like immediately. And I will shout from the rooftops. I'll hang a banner on top of the Empire State Building. UST V2 is coming out. Uh, but as for now, we are stuck. And I, and I also wanted to just talk quickly um, about Kujira and their stable coin. Uh, just a comparison of another stable coin in the Cosmos ecosystem. Steph, if you can bring up the... Uh, screen share here. The Kujira stablecoin is called USK. Now, this isn't Terra specific, um, but we are going to get some um, some Cosmos coverage going on the show uh, as well. So this is the USK mechanism design. USK will be a native Cosmos over collateralized stablecoin soft pegged to the US dollar, initially backed by Adam. Um, Kujira has talked about this basically being like the die model over on Cosmos. Um, and big shout out to Kajira. They've done a great job. Uh, you know, they throughout the crash, they were processing liquidations. I know maybe some people aren't so happy with that, but, um, you know, they, they've been building and they've been going hard and now they're coming out with their own stable coin. Very interested to see. And it's, you know, this is, this might be like 
wild outside the box thinking. Uh, you could take the screen share down, Steph. This might be wild outside the box thinking, but like Kujira, much in the way that Kujira makes money from people that are bidding on liquidations, it would be interesting to see some some sort of stable coin where, like for example, UST and Luna, their relationship, where somehow if UST could be in a delta neutral position against Luna, where if the price of Luna dropped, there was like some sort of short position open that was a backing of UST. And I don't know how to figure all that shit out in my brain. I didn't go to uh, you know, a big time school like Steph did that cost all this money that we had to bail him out to pay his student loan debt. Um, but it would be interesting to see, I don't know, I'm just speculating here, I could be wrong, but it would be interesting to see like a true decentralized stablecoin that was delta neutral on Bitcoin, or maybe, I don't know, maybe even, maybe not, I don't know, someone out there is gonna figure it out though one day. I'm, I'm hopeful that we will eventually get away from these censorship chains um and you know what one other note on stable coins um before we move on here because we do have an interview coming up the first interview on this pantera's thursday night show so we're excited for that um whenever we talk about the censorship issue i think a lot of people including myself like the first thing you think about is hey usdc you know, it, it's going to be government. It's it's going to be somebody that comes in. You know, the cops are going to break down the door and they're going to say, you know, stop, stop letting uh, these wild people send all this money to North Korea like they always do. Like, well, you know, everybody that uses crypto usually, you know, usually send a couple dollars to North Korea. Just admit it. Um, so it'll be so that's like your first thought is like that's where the censorship is going to come from. But I actually listened to a talk and I might have talked about this live, but uh, I'm going to repeat myself if I have. I, I listened to uh, Galois Capital when I went down to uh, Consensus in Texas, and he brought up a really interesting point. Um, and Galois was one of the outspoken people against Luna and UST, and he kind of called it out. And he put his money where his mouth is. But he, when he talked about stablecoins, like he saw the vision of UST. He agreed with the vision. He just didn't agree with maybe like how it was built or the mechanisms, and he kind of saw the the potential exploitation. But one of the things he talked about with the with USDC in particular and one of the issues with cent, with censorship, it wasn't like government or regulatory capture. It was, let's say, ETH forks one day, which who knows, maybe it's going to fork one day soon. Um, with so much USDC, like, I don't know, let's just call it 80 billion. I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but with so much USDC redeemable on chain, Whoever is forking ETH, and be it for some philosophical reason, be it for a technical reason, be it whatever, if you decide to fork Ethereum and you want to you know, build it and you think you have a better vision or you have a more decentralized version and everybody agrees, but the one person that doesn't agree is the person that's saying, well, yeah, that's that's nice. You know, you guys are building a better Ethereum, but uh, we're USDC and we're not going to um, we're not going to honor the redemptions on that chain. We're going to honor the redemptions on this chain. Uh, now you have a problem, right? And that's where there's a this whole other issue of sort of censorship and decentralization that you don't think of is USDC at this point pretty much controls whoever's deciding to fork Ethereum because there's so much redeemable um, liquidity and redeemable value on Ethereum that people who are using any of these stable coins and, and Tether much the same. If you decided to fork ETH for XYZ reason and USDC doesn't agree with XYZ reason and they say, well, we're only going to redeem on the other fork, the other the other spindle of the fork spindle. That's a word that Steph learned in college. Um, I don't even know that it was actually correct. 
Is that what's on a fork? Are they spindles, Steph? What did we give you $10,000 for? You're no good at anything. Um, but anyway, just think about it. There, there are other sort of issues out there other than just government um, censorship. It, it could be literally like a private interest thing, even though I, I kind of think at this point, uh, Circle, I wouldn't be surprised if they're the ones issuing the CBDC eventually. Um, cool. All right. That's it for the stablecoin. Interested to see solid. Hopefully by the end of the year, we see something come out. Hopefully we get more details. I The more details I get from Capapult, I'm sure they're going to reach out to me after the show. Um, I'll, I'll share them with you. I'm going to keep hacking away at the T, uh, TFL servers. They've been like extra on guard. I had to fight SJ Park. He's three times my size. He's a scary dude. He basically whooped my ass. Um, so hopefully I don't run into him again. But I am doing my best to get more leaks for you folks. And uh, I, I think more and more are going to come. It's Things are happening with, with the emergency allocations teams are building. And within TFL itself, people are, are still building. And there's still an interest in it. We still have an audience on the show. We still have an audience in on replay and on uh, podcasts and stuff. So we're going to see uh, something very interesting. And it's a good time to you know, you don't always need to be hyping, you know, this, this is going to be a, a shitty bear market. If you haven't been through a crypto bear market, the last one was like a long time. I mean, it was, if we compare now to then, this is, we're like a third of the way through it, not even from the peak of Bitcoin. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it gets more boring than painful. It gets painfully boring. Uh, it's not price action per se. It's like, you just get bored. And then all of a sudden things get exciting and people ramp up. And if there's a lot of um, infrastructure and stuff built that I think TFL is really working towards. We talked about um, Fountain and we saw, um, what the hell was the one, the NFT project, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, I think they're they're working towards kind of like rebuilding the scaffolding that can make sort of the next bull run pretty exciting for this ecosystem. Of course, not financial advice on that front. Steph, any good comments to to talk about? No, of course not. Okay. I love reading comments. Steph doesn't. Um, all right. We have one. Uh, oh, we're going to dive into everybody's favorite segment. This is mean tweets. This is the last thing we're going to get into before we uh, have our, our guests on the line. Let's see this mean tweet. This is from Lunk Dow. So I'd be remiss not to bring up that there is the uh, staking and unstaking and all that fun stuff that we used to do back in the day is opening up over on Lunk. Luna Classic, Lunk Dow being, of course, the infamous Dow that is burning Lunk in order to somehow repeg. I, I don't, I don't know what. I don't. I honestly don't know what the goal is. I think I have psychosis when sometimes, whenever I, the more I interact with Lunk Dow. Um, but this is the sexuality of your CEOs. This isn't a mean tweet so much as I think it's just an exploitative tweet, and we see everybody's sexuality just being listed here out in public. And of course, uh, second to last there is at Pantera Zero X. Uh, I'm listed as gay. I didn't even get a cool sexuality. Everybody else got these like cool, vicarious, homo flexible, sex repulsed, and I just got gay. Um, so big shout out to Lunk Dow. Thank you for revealing to everybody my sexuality. And Jim, of course, says, why does it matter? Uh, I think it's important to know these things, Jim. So um, yeah, now you know. Uh, we are going. We've got a couple of special guests on the line. We're going to do an interview. We're going to jump into an interview, and then we're going to uh, skedaddle out of here because I'm actually uh, we're going to be late for a call if we don't get this interview done in time. 
Chat real quick, Steph. Who who's left? Who's commenting? No gun this time. No. Uh, sorry. No gun this time. Uh, the tweet wasn't that mean. I, I kind of like lunked down the guys over there, so not a big deal. Um, very exciting interview. I'm very excited. There's some airdrop stuff going on. There's a, a Cosmos chain called Say S E I, and uh, they're building decentralized perps, which I'm a huge fan of. I remember uh, when GMX, like when I first kind of heard of that, I was like, oh, this is sick. Like you get to custody your own assets. I don't need to use KuCoin. I don't need to worry about having my funds tied up like with a Celsius or whatever, whoever else went out of business and stole everybody's money. Um, say built in Cosmos, it's, it's, there's no border bullshit restrictions like with DYDX, uh, which frankly I can't even use because uh, I'm in the US and I would never use a VPN to, you know, get around those things. Um, so this is Vortex, uh, built on top of say, very excited to bring these guys on Steph, Do we have these guys on the line? Okay. These guys are on the line. So we're going to, uh, bring these guys up. No more on TFL. Daniel, um, uh, Mr. Keck, Mr. Mech says, dude, we're here every week, every week, bringing up stuff on uh TFL. We're digging into the dirt, digging into the weeds, digging into the Arctic ice caps to find you more stuff. So tune in next, uh, Thursday again. But I got to get these guys on the line. They're, they're chomping at the bit. Um, so, Steph, let's see if we can get them on the line. All right. I've now got a couple of my friends on the line here. Very excited to talk to these two. One of them you might be familiar with. Another is a super shadowy Anon. We're going to see if we can try and suss out where he is, what he's doing with his life. Um, we got my friend Grover on the line from formerly known as Retrograde. We've also got Deadpool here. These guys are the co-founders of Vortex. So before we go any further, people are like, wait, what's going on? Grover, Retrograde, Vortex. I need some some clarity here, some context. What is Vortex? What does it have to do with Retrograde? Grover, tell us what, what's going on here. Sure, yeah. Um, hi, once again. It's uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be uh, still building crypto and still um, uh, fighting against the red candles. So, um, yeah, a bit of context. So we, well, I was, was working for retrograde sort of leading out the growth side um and if, if you don't recall that was sort of a convex protocol built on top of astroport um we got i think in three months we moved up to sort of 50 mil um tvl uh and we were just on the brink of launching when everything kind of came crashing down i won't go back through that too much uh, i don't think anyone wants to hear that again so um moving from there we were looking out into the cosmos and saying okay and beyond, to be honest, we, you know, what, what do we want to build next? What makes sense? Uh, where is the product market fit? And, and something that was really glaringly obvious to us is that there's no good perps protocol right now on Cosmos that's got uh, user base and volume. So um, we were thinking this is a good place to start. There are a bunch of other protocols we considered as well. We talked about lending. We thought about decentralized front ends. We thought about just a whole variety of stuff. And uh, there was a good conversation in our Discord. So I want to say thanks to our community there for, for their contributions. Um, so yeah, we, we were looking at this and we had a few mutual connects with Say, uh, who uh, they've been building out a blockchain for about the last year or so. And they're getting some really, really impressive uh, results, really pushing Tendermint, pushing um, uh, everything everything cosmos to the absolute limits and uh we thought well this is this is a, a good place to start um so speaking to the guys there we uh we got introduced to the uh, the existing vortex team and and, they, and the guys there were already building out a perps protocol they got some really good uh, in-depth knowledge of the market really in-depth knowledge of well, the technical side and really understand how to build a perps protocol from from the financial point of view so 
we said, look, you know, we can bring uh, developer resources, we can bring go to market, we can bring all that, that good stuff that helped us get the connections that helped us get to where we were on retrograde. Um, and uh, we can add that to the uh, to the mix. So maybe I'll let Deadpool uh, say hello as well. Yeah, sure. Hi. Uh, first of all, nice to be here. Uh, I'm going to give a little bit of introduction about myself. My background is in traditional finance. I worked at a matching broker, uh, liquidity provider in the forex sector. And uh, yes, we dealt with uh, with gold, a bunch of commodities and, and forex. And we obviously did both uh, derivatives and spots. I got into crypto around 2020, DeFi summer, started playing around a bunch of DeFi protocols, a lot of different ecosystem, got into Cosmos around 2021, specifically Terra. And that's how I, I got to know the, the retro team and a bunch of cool teams. Uh, very interesting folks building in the Terra ecosystem. Then obviously everybody knows what happened. Um, beginning of this year, started, started thinking about founding my own protocol. Uh, obviously, it was a no-brainer for me to start with derivatives. Uh, the product market fit is there. A demand for derivatives is there. Digital assets, there's an 80% uh, volume traded of derivatives with respect to spot for Bitcoin. And there's no real derivative platform on chain um, to actually trade on. So uh, we, kind of, we kind of solved all of the different problems that we think derivative exchanges have right now in order to build the best, the best product and the best, uh, and the best derivative exchange on chain. Um, as of now, and I'm pretty confident our devs are doing a great job with this. Probably we're going to go a little bit more in depth during this call. And yeah, thanks again. Thanks again for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, this is this is a pretty exciting project where you guys um, have found your fit here. You mentioned uh, 80% to 20 uh, derivatives traded over spot on Bitcoin. Um, that's That's massive. And I think we saw even after the Terra crash, um, a lot of these centralized exchanges had issues. Uh, we saw Celsius, we saw uh, a couple of the others. I, I can't even remember it. I, I try and block it out of my memory at this point. But there was a lot of fear and panic in the streets over, uh, you know, not your keys, not your crypto. You know, we kind of have to relearn that lesson the hard way every couple of years whenever these exchanges, um, you know, they either just go insolvent or, or make bad, you know, financial decisions or whatever. And so, you know, even KuCoin, which I'm a, I'm a huge fan of KuCoin. I wear the shirt on the show sometimes. I, I have friends that work at KuCoin. Uh, I'm, I'm a user of KuCoin because I love like the, the interface and the way it works. But there was fear and, there, you know, it's, it's warranted um, that, you know, maybe they're insolvent. Because at the end of the day, you make a deposit on one of these centralized exchanges and then you're not sure if you're just trading numbers on their screen or if that's really, you know, your assets that you're, you're using. And so... Um, decentralized perps, which are, are a lot more fun to trade than just spot, right? You know, we've got some pretty decent, robust spot markets. Everybody knows about uh, osmosis over in the cosmos world, but there's no leverage trading. There's no futures. Um, there's no way to, to be a total degen like we all like to do sometimes. So this excited me a lot whenever you brought up Vortex to me as sort of a, a solution and, and a safe solution where I can custody my own assets. Um, can you talk a little bit about Vortex at a high level and just, you know, the difference maybe for people that aren't familiar or don't know what we're talking about? What is the difference between using a platform like Vortex compared to going on a centralized exchange like KuCoin uh, and cranking up the leverage over there on their platform? Yeah, yeah. I, I think just just on to expand on that point, I think it's a really good point. Um, 
you know, why are we, you know, centralized exchanges, opa opaque practices, you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. It's kind of counter everything that DeFi is supposed to be and, you know, transparency and accountability and you know exactly what's happening. So why are we still using centralized exchanges? Um, you know, even the most devout DeFi users will, will go and they'll say, well, look, this is the best place for me to open up a perps position and, and to trade, you know, to go long or short. Um, and we think that that's, that's nuts. You know, obviously DeFi is not doing its job if, if that's the case. So this is a problem we think is a really worth, is really worth solving. Um, maybe uh, Deadpool might want to expand a little bit on that point as well. Yeah, I just I just wanted to agree with everything uh, Evan said. Absolutely, you know, we really believe in the permissionless and trustless nature of DeFi, and and the fact that it's the only real way to empower retail and users to to have access to these kind of financial applications. And uh, I just wanted to justify the fact that it's really straightforward. The reason why the majority of volume in crypto is actually is actually related to derivatives and futures in particular, and the reason why is that because they're just superior, uh, a superior way to getting price exposure to assets. So you can you can either long or short. Uh, it's very capital efficient because you don't need all the capital upfront. You can use leverage. Um, it's easier for custody solutions uh, and, and a bunch of different reasons. And I think another statistics that we, we haven't touched upon yet, and I think it's the most astonishing one, is the fact that market penetration in DeFi with respect to centralized exchanges is just below 2%. Uh, for derivative tradings against the 10% for spot DEXs. So um, we have a 5x jump from here only to get to the same market share that spot, that spot exchanges have, um, DeFi respect to CeFi. So I think that's a great growth opportunity here. Uh, obviously, the product is superior, so we have product market fit. We just have to solve a couple of problems, and, uh, and we're going to get there. I'm confident we're going to get there. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so the fundamental difference here, just to answer your question, Evan, um, is that uh, you custody your own assets. So there's a smart contract, which you deposit USDC into, um, or you know, other whitelisted stable coins as we move forwards. You know, hopefully there's a Cosmos native stable coin we can, we can look to use, um, whether it's UDSDC or not. Then uh, you know, it's all permissionless, trustless. Uh, it's, it's the counter of, of, like you were sort of alluding to earlier on with centralized exchanges, where you're not even really sure what it is that you're trading sometimes um how they're how they're computing things behind the scenes you obviously see something up on the screen but um you know may you may not necessarily be moving assets they may settle that much later on so yeah it's it's kind of the um the counter to um the DeFi dream i guess right absolutely and uh something i've uh, just a small example of why someone might be interested in derivatives or futures or even using leverage. Cause I know most people out there, they say you should stay away from leverage. I think it's, I don't know if this is a real quote or not, but someone said Warren Buffett said there's three things that'll kill a man. It's liquor, ladies, and leverage. I don't know if Warren Buffett actually said that, but it's a wise quote nonetheless. But uh, you know, just a small example that I've used in the past for people for why you might be interested in a leverage trade is if you, if you sell a position, let's just say you sell, um, you know, five shares of, Bitcoin. Let's say you, you you know you're balling out. You sell five Bitcoin. You take your percentage of that. Um, you know whatever you take on on spot. Then if it, you can do something which I call like the it's called like the FOMO killer because say you sell that spot and then all of a sudden Bitcoin jumps you know twenty percent or you miss the bull run. You can then just take one Bitcoin and you can five x leverage long from there. So you you've hedged almost like a delta neutral position so that if the price continues to climb from there, you still technically have price exposure to the same position as you would if you kept those five Bitcoin. However, you just put four Bitcoin 
in the bank in your pocket. So just small examples that you can do. It does, it's not all like degen trading. Um, and, you know, there's people out there with bigger brains that are better at math than I am, uh, you know, that would take advantage of this. And it's good to know that you have that um, that peace of mind, at least that, you know, these are your assets that you're using. So um, I, I do want to talk a little bit. I'm, I'm going to keep bringing up maybe some some competitors so you guys can compare yourselves here. Um, one of the other big ones that that I've been using lately is uh, GMX and they're they're over on Arbitrum. Um, and I think they do a pretty good job with with USDC as sort of their their base uh, stable coin as well. And on GMX, for those that are unfamiliar, whenever you make a trade on GMX, you're actually trading against the other users that are providing the liquidity. So if a trader comes in and they're they're losing, which most traders unfortunately do, but not unfortunate for the people that are LPing in the protocol itself, um, the the pool actually grows and, and you earn some money as just an investor in the protocol itself. Does Vortex work similar to that or is there some um, is there some other nuance or can you explain kind of like the mechanism behind how the orders and the trading work? Yeah, so that's that's a great question. I just wanted to add also a little bit on what you said earlier. Like absolutely a lot of um, a lot of things that you can do with perps. Uh, it's not only spec it's not only speculations, there's also hedging positions. We're also kind of working on many different ways in which LPs, also for example, on Osmosis and other exchanges within the cosmos can hedge on their position by dynamically using Vortex. So that's there's a bunch of different use cases for this kind of product. And um, this is something I wanted to touch upon. Uh, other than this, regarding GMX, uh, so Vortex is structurally different from G from what GMX does. And uh, the reason why it's mainly the way we source our liquidity, uh, we have an order book as a matching engine. GMX, as you mentioned, has this GLP pool in which traders can trade against a pool of assets. Pretty much, it's pretty different, but you know how and kind of how an MM, MM like Uniswap works. And, uh, and the reason why we think uh, that the order book is superior is that basically the reason because AMM lived in the first place is because order book could not be built on chain scalability issues block wars high fees that's kind of the reason why you couldn't build some layer twos also are, are actually pretty slow uh, right now um, and that's kind of the reason why amm were built and all of the different iteration of imms from uniswap when it first launched until now and all of the different upgrades are just tweaks that literally bring um, imm features closer to central limit order books which are um, which are a program that is battle-tested at scale from TradFi, centralized exchanges. We have seen this with UIDX, which is the only perfect exchange which actually arrived at a kind of scale that could be compared to centralized exchanges. So we really believe that the order book model is uh, the actual premier model to trade derivatives on-chain in terms of scalability. And uh, I could give a, a simple practical reason for this. Um, you mentioned the GOP pool. Uh, open interest on GMX, as you said, you trade against the GLP pool. So open interest on GMX is capped to the amount of assets that are within G the GLP pool. So you want LPs to get a position in GLP in order for traders to trade on the platform. However, GLP is a directional, um, gives directional long exposure for traders, which is suboptimal in certain markets, especially especially bear markets. And that's something that is, that kind of like puts into question uh, the real scalability of GMX as a protocol. And, and we really believe that the only model that has been better tested at scale and that can support this kind of technology and trading is the order book model. And then Say Network is the blockchain that enables all of this. We have the fastest block time in the cosmos, so very low latency, very high throughputs. And, uh, and uh, yeah, we managed to build a superior product in that sense. Yeah, it's, it's worth saying that um, 
say is is where we we're launching now. Um, but we we our vision is to be the largest uh, perps exchange on Cosmos. So um, we're absolutely looking to launch other chains as well later on. Sort of once we've uh, proven this MVP and um, expanding from there, you know, it's kind of uh, wherever it makes sense to launch, uh, we'll launch. Yeah, it's funny uh, what you said, Deadpool. It's like whenever LPs first came out as a way to trade, it was this crazy revolutionary thing. And it took me so long to figure out what the difference was because I was so used to like order book trading. And I was like, wait a minute, how does this work? And, you know, I like read this article like 15 times and finally wrapped my brain around it. And uh, then people started talking about like, I, I forget what it's called, like uh, concentrated liquidity and and how to set limit orders and things. And I was like, man, it's like a horseshoe. Like we're going back to the order book style, um, but it's still like with this, you know, decentralized model. So it's it's interesting um, that, you know, the, the liquidity pools were such a revolutionary tech to because it removes the the need for, um, you know, centralized entities, I guess, to become like your market makers or whatever. But it's still like the tech is still kind of going back towards that, like ease of use and convenience. And it seems like, say, um, I don't know much about it, I'll admit, but um, Grover, you got into it a little bit there. They've built something that's pretty spectacular and, and it kind of allows you guys to to build Vortex on top of it. Can you dive into that a little bit more? Yeah, Either sure, of you, feel so free I, to answer. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so Say has got a few really interesting sort of chain level optimizations um, that they've employed specifically to make it a, a DeFi chain and to sort of facilitate trading. So um, one of those, I mean, there's no MEV, pre MEV prevention. So uh, this batch ordering system, which means that you can't get front run or back run sandwich attacks, um, which makes it a less hostile place to trade. Uh, time to finality, so like the actual block times themselves at the moment in, in, in testnet are sub one second, and they're telling me they're going to get faster uh, when they get to mainnet, which is which is great. So um, we'll see where they land. Uh, it's sort of blowing away the competition on that front right now. Um, and yeah, there's uh, pay gas with any token. Um, so it's a really this this kind of like uh, the, the chain is is purpose built for for this kind of application for. Um, uh, for purpose trading for spot uh, one one really interesting thing here is that because the order book is built into the actual chain itself uh every, every single protocol that builds on top of you know rather than having separate uh spot markets or liquidity pools it's just one um it's just one spot market for every single protocol that's built on top if that makes sense so uh it means you don't have to come and provide your own liquidity necessarily it means you don't have to get your own market makers it means it's all shared so you can place a trade on one app and fill it on another because it's just using that order sort of matching engine um which is which is really cool so it's, it's going to open up some really nice uh strategies and opportunities sort of like this is kind of a new space really um that's that's the way we're seeing it. it's a new kind of space um to, for builders to come and see what we can do really yeah i think this is this is super cool like i said at the top of the interview here um, you guys are kind of like in the right space. I think the whole of DeFi is going in this direction. Um, well, no, the whole of crypto and Web3, I think, is going in this direction. Hopefully the good guys are. We'll put it that way. Um, I do want to talk. You mentioned that you can pay gas with any token. Um, what what can we expect to see traded on top of Vortex? Uh, you know, most people, I think, are trading for perps. Pro probably Bitcoin and Ethereum are usually one and two. What assets do we expect to see on Vortex whenever you guys launch? 
Oh, yeah, I can cover this. Um, so right right now, by the way, we're live on Testnet. We're, we're currently supporting Atom as an asset. So I would say in general, CW20 tokens and everything that is IBC compatible. Uh, say recently closed a partnership with Axelor Bridge, which it's obviously pretty interesting on our end. This means that we're going to be able to support different assets from EVN blockchains, uh, such as wrapped Bitcoin or Ethereum or, or, or whatever. And uh, we are also planning on a roadmap to support synthetic assets in the future. Uh, so that's also kind of like a big deal for us. Um, we think that, you know, in order to achieve mass adoption for DeFi, we also have to put our foots a little bit in what in what TradFi is. And so we're going to have to support uh, something like commodities, uh, Forex, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's obviously in the roadmap. Yeah. Oh, um, very interesting. I, you guys didn't tell me about this uh, synthetic right. plan before yeah. we started talking. So, um, yeah, that's that's definitely on the roadmap. Um, so I, I really want, I mean, there's, there's sort of a, a native a chain native Oracle, um, uh, which we can use, well, a synthetic protocol can use to, um, to price all kinds of really interesting and fun things like, uh, uranium or whatever, you know, it's just like commodity trading sort of opened up, which, which it, the end result here is that we'll be able to provide like an equal trading experience that you get pretty much anywhere else. And, um, yeah. In terms of the, the variety of assets, we have to be a little bit careful about what we take on. It can't be like uh, reflect too reflexive. We can also think of a couple of tokens that are a little bit too reflexive in the, in the last few months. Um, and uh, you know they have to. Uh, this is sort of a risk assessment there, but um, for the most part, yeah, we want to include a, and support a wide variety of assets which may not uh, be available to trade on chain or on Cosmos right now. That's awesome. You guys have me super excited. I'm rubbing my hands over here with the uh, thought of being able to trade all my commodities and equities and futures and crypto degen shit all on one platform. That sounds pretty great. Um, I want to I want to bring up one other potential competitor of yours. We saw uh, DYDX make an announcement. It was a couple months now ago um, that they were moving to Cosmos. Um, I, I think they're going to have their own chain. I don't know many details about it, to be frank. Um, what do you guys think about that? And then what do you think separates Vortex from a competitor that, uh, frankly, has been sort of the leader as far as, as DeFi and decentralized perp trading uh, for the past year or so? Yeah. Um, yeah, when I first heard that it's happening, I did pull chime in here too. We're both pretty excited about it because, you know, I was like, this is, this is fantastic. This is really, really good for Cosmos. Um, it, they're going to bring across a whole lot of users, a whole lot of liquidity. And uh, it's really sort of validates this this app chain thesis. Uh, if one of the top protocols on Ethereum, you know, on Starknet, wherever they were at the time, say, you know what, this isn't working for us, we're going to go to Cosmos. That's that's such a, an important vote of confidence in, in Cosmos, and you know, we're pretty pretty excited about it. Um, there's a few differences between DYDX chain and Vortex built on top of Say. I think that. Uh, saying that, just saying that sentence is one of the main reasons. One of the main differences is that uh, DYDX sort of keep control of the whole vertical stack. They don't let other teams necessarily come in and help out or build things on top. Whereas, say, it's a bit more sort of open and encouraging other founders to come in and build. So, you know, there's a whole lot of comparisons you can make there, sort of like a App Store versus uh, I don't know Android sort of approach, um, lockdown versus open to uh, other teams to come and build. Maybe that's not the perfect example, but you get the idea. 
Yeah, I think I just wanted to add on this. We are really going to focus a lot on uh, composability. And this is something that obviously building on, say, it's easier. There's a lot of, 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 of teams coming over. We're not going to be shy at all in terms of exotic products. So uh, but I mentioned earlier, uh, hedging strategies, et cetera, et cetera. This requires a little bit of, uh, of R&D on a new product. And we're going to have a lot of differentiators on that end. And I think a third thing I wanted to touch upon, um, we kind of, um, we're not, we don't really agree uh, to a certain extent on the way DYDX sources its liquidity, which is at the end of the day pretty centralized. Uh, they rely on very big market makers, institutional market makers. They actually have legal contracts with these market makers um, in order to provide liquidity on their platform. And uh, we are going to have a way, uh, an automated way of, uh, let's say, decentralizing our liquidity sourcing and making our protocol more resilient to that's That's definitely another um, different point. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, that's something that I mentioned earlier was like when liquidity pools were first invented, um, that was like such a revolutionary thing because you didn't need to have this like legal contract with some market maker to come in and bring the liquidity and, you know, take their little piece off the top. It, it was actually like a free market solution. So uh, it sounds like you guys are kind of leaning into that ethos a bit. Um, one other thing I did want to bring up. Um, well, let's go. Let's go. Let's talk about. Um, testnet because you guys did mention that earlier as well uh live on testnet um is there's is there an incentivized testnet right now running right now is there something that people can do to get involved with vortex uh with the way it stands now yeah yeah so um say have been running their incentivized testnet for a little while um on their decentralized that's the last thing i want to say about duidx is a centralized auto matching engine but just that, no more shots, no more shots for me. Um, so, uh, yeah, they've been running their testnet for a little while, and Act 2 includes Vortex, which is, which is great. So uh, just sort of testing out um, some simple things like, you know, making a trade, depositing collateral, withdrawing collateral. Um, and you can find all this information if you go to the Vortex Twitter page or to the Say. Uh, we just uh, piggybacked on the Say Discord for a little bit there. Um, and you can find all the information about how to get involved and, uh, yeah, incentivize. So there's, uh, is an airdrop at the end and uh, say have actually put up one percent of their total token token supply which is um wow you know qu quite quite a bit um for, for a test net so yeah it's, it's pretty worthwhile um yeah we're also at vortex rolling out sort of a uh, a v2 i guess of the test net uh, for vortex so up till now it's been quite a simple interface you can sort of place orders it's just testing a few very basic functions but we're going to improve that UI and make things a bit more fun. So um, watch out for the next week or so. We're going to release a like a funny money um, rather than using uh, testing this, the uh, the bridge, the Axelar bridge, and using Axelar USDC. We're just going to have like a funny money stablecoin, and you can get a million dollars from the faucet and come and uh, participate. We'll run a couple of trading competitions and things like that just on testnet. So. Um, yeah, definitely come and get involved. And um, let me let me make sure I I understand you correctly here. What you're saying is, I as a user can come in, print some some fake monopoly money, make some trades. They're not real. It's not real money. Uh, and if I potentially win one of these trading competitions, I could be entitled to a piece of the airdrop that say is giving to Vortex users, which is one percent of their total supply. You just said, right? I heard that correctly. So yeah, the the one percent is going to a variety of people. So it's going to validators as well as, as people who come and test Vortex in this phase one. Um, we will also have a Vortex airdrop, 
so you know there's 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 a bit of airdrop uh, mania going on here and um yeah um i encourage people to come get involved when when does the when does the trading competitions open up uh well i'll announce announce we're expecting to have like the funny money sort of set up in the next week or so and then we'll we'll make an announcement about how it's going to work uh i would say mid next week so so um what's that that's the uh it's my calendar 31st wednesday 31st around then we should be able to release uh the recipe list of how you get involved and uh how to uh post your wins or your losses because i want to encourage big losses as well as big wins with the fake money so <laughs> lost porn they call it in the uh trading world <laughs> um well the, well that is uh one of the things that i think has helped like trading platforms grow in popularity is the ability to share your position uh you know people like to laugh at everybody that's sharing a loss or they like to flex with their you know 10% 20% wins um and those are definitely you know awesome features that you see on some of these trading platforms one of the ones that i mentioned in a call with you guys before was i love when i can open a position and i can see my liquidation line and i can see like my open line and watch the the live line usually you know, slowly crawl towards my liquidation line as my panic and heart rate starts to go up and my stress levels go through the roof and Steph sits in the studio and laughs at me. Um, do you guys have a, a demo or something we can see on this call? I don't remember if we discussed doing that. If not, no no worries, but I'd love to see if maybe we can just sure. get a glimpse of what the platform looks yeah. like. Yeah, we, we have an MVP and a proof of concept that is right now live on Testnet and you can come over, trade, um, set limit orders, market orders. The only market that is supported by now is Atom. This is probably going to change by the time this uh, this recording comes up. Um, and you're able to deposit deposit fake money, AUSDC, place trades with leverage. Right now, leverage is up to 4x. We're going to probably increase it to 10x to test our liquidation engine. Um, as you can see, everything here is still a little bit liquid. This is obviously the test and phase. We're going to have a V2 soft launch of this, of this UI uh, in the coming weeks. And uh, we're going to roll over also trading competitions and... Uh, and um, we are going to allocate uh, a bunch of the 1% say tokens uh, from the incentivized testnet to traders that actually engage in these competitions. So, yeah, come over, uh, have a look, test, try to break it, try to get liquidated. And um, I think I think it's pretty fun um, using fake money and getting wrecked on uh, on, on Vortex protocol. I, I've done it myself. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it, there's a good lesson on the screen right now, which is in in a liquid market. If you place a massive buy order relative to the book, you're going to have a huge scam wick. Um, so there's a there's a beautiful example of, of of what to do, what not to do there. And um, I think it's good experience so everybody can practice with trading with size before one day we all get to trade with real size. So, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody gets a, a million dollars of Monopoly money. All of a sudden, you've right. got whales acting like total DGENs. It's going to be quite the exactly. sight to see. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, a good, uh, it's a good experience. It's like, oh, wait, no, you know what? I can't just sell my whole position in one go. That's that's gonna, that's gonna a horrible idea. So um, better to learn that lesson on testnet than on uh, mainnet, right? Right, yeah, but exactly. Obviously, it's going to start getting... Oh, sorry, man. Go ahead, Deadpool. Oh no! I just want to say it's going to start getting more exciting as soon as we roll out the the six figure accounts on 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 testnet on testnet wallets and uh, and you know up to ten x leverage maybe twenty x leverage it's gonna get it's gonna get funnier from here. By now we only have an MVP and a proof of concept over here, so it's uh, we're gonna make a lot of announcements as soon as V two rolls out in the coming weeks. So I I do have a, a question here regarding I guess testnet and then eventually 
um, you know, when, when the real deal happens, you see GMX, one of their biggest selling points is that there aren't scam wicks because they're getting price quotes from, uh, from Oracle feeds. Is that going to work similar to you guys? Or, you know, if some DGen comes in and dumps uh, 25x leverage million dollar trade, are they going to be able to liquidate everybody, um, you know, with, with some quick, like, liquidity hits there? So um, I can cover this. Our model is significantly different uh, with respect to how uh, GMX uh, handles pricing. So we obviously are going to have our path-independent pricing on our on, on Vortex protocol, and it's going to be adjusted by funding rates that are going to push the price towards our Oracle price. Uh, the Oracle is actually built on the order book on chain, so it's much more secure and decentralized than than other oracles um, out there. So that's definitely a security point. I think at the end of the day, uh, this scam wick uh, that you talked about, the 25x leverage, um, so the security issues all boil down to liquidity. And that's something that we're seriously working on. We are obviously in talk with big market makers, uh, both in TradFi and in DeFi, in order to have liquidity from day one. And we're also planning on this roadmap towards decentralization of liquidity in order to have the deepest liquidity on our order book and the best pricing, so the best security overall um, in a decentralized manner. So that's that's kind of like our old focus over here, which at the end of the day, is just a focus on security and, and efficiency. Right. And at the end of the day, it's uh, it's not like a centralized exchange where you're not sure if that trade that just liquidated you is even real. I think there's a famous Arthur Hayes meme out there where he says, uh, liquidate them. I, I need another Ferrari or something. I don't know if he actually said that or not, but um, good to see that, you know, everything's happening on chain over at Vortex. Um, well, whenever you guys launch this thing, please make sure I'm aware and I'm tagged. I will, I'll gladly participate in the trading competition. I'll probably win the trading competition. Uh, and I'm looking forward to getting some of those early Vortex airdrops and uh, some of the Say airdrops too. I think this sounds awesome. I think you guys are in a perfect spot. Like I said, this is very exciting. Uh, you know, DeFi winter, crypto winter, whatever you want to call it. It's a good time when the, the best builders, the cream rises to the top and they build some cool shit. Um, is there anything else that we haven't covered here today that you guys want to uh, talk about before we wrap up? Uh, for me, it's just, you know, stay tuned, keep following the Twitter, uh, join the Discord. We've got a, we uh, repurposed the retrograde Discord as the, the Vortex Discord, so nobody gets left behind. Um, and when I, sh I should probably mention that one more time, uh, that everybody who participated in retrograde phase one and two, you know, we've snapshotted those wallets. Um, we're going to end up um, linking that back to a say network address for your terror address to a say address, and then we know who you are, and uh, we can we can include you in that airdrop when it, when it happens. Maybe I, I would just um, on my end say props to to the amazing community that has been built around around Vortex and obviously the retrograde community after after this merger. I've been impressed. Obviously, coming from a tradfi background, I'm not that used to this kind of heat. Um, a lot of community members started pushing out content on Twitter, uh, actually also on GitHub and different platforms regarding Vortex. And I've been very impressed by, by the, uh, how would you say, the um, excitement of the community overall. So props, props to everybody on the Vortex retro community. Yeah, we've got a, we've still got a lot of lunatics here, um, you know, sticking around and, uh, you know, wiser for it. And I think one, actually one of the questions I've been asked in, in, uh, sort of a lunatic centric AMA was, you know, if I'm not really a trader, what's in it for me? Uh, you know, wh why should I be excited about this? 
And I think it's going to be these strategies built on top of Vortex and, and sort of vaults that get enabled and ideas that get enabled by Vortex where you can, if you want to, come and deposit some money and earn passive uh, income. And that's, that's you know, there's, there's something here for everyone, not just DGEN traders, but, you know, DGEN trading is also equally quite, quite fun. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I know we have a lot of lunatics that watch this show. Uh, a lot of people that are hunting for those diamonds in the rough. And I think one of the things about Luna and the Terra community um, in, in version one, and I think what will eventually come out in version two, was just the ease of use and uh, the ethos that, you know, no matter where you are in the world, you can use this, uh, you know, with, with especially given with, you know, synthetics, we won't say that too loud. Um, but it's, it's, it's cool to, to find things like this. I think this is a really a, a diamond in the rough. And uh, eventually it's going to sparkle and I'm going to be excited that uh, that you guys are my friends and you gave me the opportunity to ask you some early on questions about it. So I appreciate you guys coming on the show. Um, again, if you guys want to check it out, go to where should they go to, to uh, follow along on the Vortex Twitter? Uh, best place to start. Yeah, Vortex Twitter, um, which should be at Vortex Protocol. And uh, from there, there's a link tree to find everything else. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Excellent. All right. Well, head on to uh, head on over to Vortex Protocols uh, at V O R T E X. Don't not to be confused with Vertex Vortex, um, and you'll be able to participate. Get yourself some Monopoly money. Uh, take a screenshot of it. Send it to that girl you've been chatting with on uh, Tinder. Maybe she'll you know take you out on a date or something nice. Uh, and then we're gonna participate in that in that trading competition. And uh, maybe I'll do some live updates on the show on the, how I'm doing in the trading competition. People might enjoy that. Um, gentlemen, awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, Deadpool, Grover, you guys are, are uh, legends in the game, and I'm excited to see what happens from this. And uh, that's it. Cheers. Cheers.